Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to episode 498 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Jay. And I'm Glenn. How you doing, fellas? Just fantastic. This is deja vu that no one else not on this call will understand. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, as it turns out, last Thursday, <laughs> we recorded our uh, our annual, uh, what's become our annual traditional uh, Ask the Agent spectacular, and uh, technical difficulties were had, <laughs> files were fucked. Uh, episodes were, you know, largely unrecoverable, or, or certainly if they weren't recover, if they were recoverable, it was, uh, you know, a, a monumental pain in, in the ass to to actually recover it, you know, time consuming. So the decision was made that we would just, uh, and, and the good, it's, it's kind of a good thing. The decision was made to redo it. And because we were redoing it a week later, I don't remember what happened really in the last no. one. So it's because. Get I have been in situations before where I've had to redo stuff in episodes and when you're trying to play to a script, it's fucking hard. It's hard and, and it's hard. You can't recapture that magic. You might remember some cracking jokes or whatever and you try and like yeah. rebuild the scenarios and stuff that, that resulted in the jokes and it's just, it's fuck, it's hard. But now we've got enough distance between it so so we can actually approach it from the start again. Stay tuned. I remember the RLPA copying, copying a <laughs> uh, a shellacking. So yeah, that can only be a good and time. Hopefully, this time. I mean, my hope for this episode, only singular hope for this episode, is I, I just I just hope that Glennie had a better week this week than he did last week. No, because in that last one, he was fucking surly. <laughs> it was like, it was the worst. It was the worst of Glennie. Like it's a side you never. It's a it's it's a side you rarely see, rarely if ever see. Yeah, but I've got you two, and then I've got this other cunt, and you all fucking (laughs) tend to bring out the best in me. Well, you know what? Look, without it, you are. Sorry, go ahead. You you (laughs) are. You're the bizarro Kanye West. You've seen Glenye, if you will. You are. Yeah, you are. You're you're Glenye Wombs. So, but Glenye West Tigers. Well, <laughs> <laughs> at at the moment, everybody is watching that fucking tigerest of declines. Like that is that is probably the biggest decline since the Tigers that's happening right now in front of us. He's um, now known as Kanye Wests. But you know how do you know how that happens? He's had no one around him that has said the word no to him. Yeah, for the last twenty years. Right, maybe fifteen. Who knows? But you're, you've got the opposite of that, Lenny. <laughs> Everybody says no to me, especially my wife. <laughs> oh fuck! Love it. What, yeah, are, what did so, we start uh, with last look, week? 
I can't remember. I say, look, look. Without any further ado, welcome to our our, uh, our, our buddy Michael from Strive, and uh, joining us again for the uh, third third year in a row, but yet fourth time in a row. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and and let me tell you, it's funny that we we're redoing it today. I had a message from uh, one of our one of our listeners that, that we know quite well in our uh, Chapo, and he's like, "Hang on a minute." I think there's a Twill member on the fucking chase today. <laughs> so your episode of the chase was on today again. Yeah, so it was a rerun. Um, the first the time rerun, it, yeah, because I remember when you did it ages ago, right? Yeah, the first time it came on, I had all these old flames, old friends. Everyone came out of the woodworks, and it was just the worst chat in my DMs all of a sudden. And then all of a sudden, it was blowing up before, and I was like, well, including Chapo with you know undesirables messaging me. And I was like, what the fuck's yeah, yeah. actually going on? And then I, I looked on the TV at the bar I was at because um, I was just on a date before. And then I was like, hey, look, it's me. And she was like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so that was all right. Yeah. See, these are the things you have to line up for yourself, Glenny, so you don't have to lock her in the car. Ah, it's too late, mate. It's already been well, on, well, and well and truly effective. Well and truly effective. Or back when it would have mattered to you, get yourself on the wireless. <laughs> you may have been from such TV shows as that one up there. <laughs> Look, there's Glenny on MASH. <laughs> yeah, he's got on Bonanza. No, see, it was it was the opposite. <laughs> when, when, when Wheel, Hoss, when Hoss if went I'm not on Wheel of Fortune, fucking, you catch some fucking cattle rustlers. <laughs> it, it was the opposite for Glenny. He'd be sitting there with a date with the wireless on, and prime '80s Alan Jones would be going off on some <laughs> fucking racist tangent, and they'd be going, "Is that you?" He wouldn't be trying to get How did I them. get labelled? How did I get that label of all the labels? <laughs> Fucking hell. Classic, classic Glenye West. It is. Yes. Classic. The Holocaust now, um, is real, Glenny. It happened. Hey, Nathan, it sounds like you may have found the episode title already. It's really struck a chord with you, Glenye West. <laughs> and and the, uh, <laughs> yeah, you got you got you guys got there in the end and just like you know, called together and the, and the real and, and the real chef's kiss moment is like is making it Wests. That's all you need. That's all you need. You don't even need the tigers on there. We know. You know what we mean. I'm, I'm, wait, I'm waiting for the design of the first pair of Gleezies. <laughs> be fucking yeah. Boots. <laughs> uh, yeah, like I don't know if you can, if you can, and can, really can, small uh, ones. Can, you, can your design genius, Glenny? Can can you somehow combine uh, an Ugg boot with a croc? Because, okay. It'll look like a Tigerachi. <laughs> Knee highs. Uh, oh. Do you have your Tigerachis yet? By the way, no, you haven't sent them to me. I don't have them. I've still oh. got them here. I haven't oh, seen it. <laughs> if I had them, I would have sent them to you. I, I was going to. I was going to bring them to the meetup, but I, I couldn't come. So, yeah, nice. Oh. Yeah. All right. So as we as we do, uh, we have uh, solicited the listeners and members um, for questions uh, about the world of uh, you know being an NRL agent, and uh, we got a couple of uh, okay ones. And uh, which we will, uh, well, I guess before we start, though, would you like to give us a bit of a, a state of the union, Michael, in terms of the last the last 12 months for Strive? I mean, because we are kind of, we're kind of charting the the progress and the growth of the business, you know, watching it from zero to you know, where it is today. So um, give us a state of the union, where you're at, 
what's happening, what tell you're excited us, about. Tell us how wildly successful you are and why that success hasn't translated into buying better shirts. <laughs> That's going to help the listeners a lot, I'm sure. Uh, so, yeah. obviously, for those who don't know me, I've been in the Tool Nation for since like 2016. You've got to take a photo of the screen. Hey, Glennie, you can take sc- computers got screenshots these days. Yeah, but then I have to fuck around on the computer. I can just do this straight from my phone. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I was being a member of Tool Nation since 2016. I think I was about 22 years old at the time. So I was a little kitty. Uh, Nate took me under his wing. And then I was RSA'd. And then I, um, <laughs> then I proceeded to walk to the local park and pass out. Um, and I woke up to have none of my belongings, including my printed out grand final tickets to, to watch the Sharks versus the Storm. Um, since then, obviously, a lot's changed. Um, you know, I've learnt my drinking limits and I became a player agent um, and obviously this is my third time round with, with you boys. So um, I, I run Strive Player Agency, um, a one-man band just all by myself and this year's been in, like really great. Um, you know, Strive's really getting some brand awareness and people are, you know, coming to me through all sorts of channels for me, you know, reaching out to me for me to be their manager. Um, you know, I don't do any marketing or anything like that. It's all sort of word of mouth and... Um, yeah, I think I think I'm doing a great job and really growing it. So, uh, I went from having uh, one NRL signed player to getting my another one, um, who's just signed with the Raiders, um, who I picked out uh, close to my where I live now and signed him when he was in the junior reps and helped him get his first NRL contract, which was fantastic. Um, as of right now, I've got another player who has a pending West Tigers contract um who's considering re-signing for the queensland cup instead of taking up that train and trial opportunity <laughs> at a club. now you now you sounds like your, a smart you, man you, you you as the agent though i mean is a uh, what, what like to help with the decision making like, and yeah obviously we're not you know, we're not slagging your teams but with that process there there's a queensland cup offer on the tables west tigers offer on the table how do you counsel someone this will put him to the test to help them to, to, to help them make their decision. What are the what are the factors you know that, that you would in in something like this that you would put to them? Well, so I want my five percent, but I like the guy. <laughs> well, last year he did a um, full preseason with the Melbourne Storm and learned a lot there yep. and had a fantastic Queensland Cup year to the point where he's probably the best fullback in the comp. Um, obviously, the West Tigers have offered him a similar sort of um, preseason arrangement where he'd go back and start the year for their feeder club in Glenny's West Magpies. Uh, Mm -hmm. I guess given that pre-season starts next Wednesday, um, it's been pretty late to the table. He'd have to quit his job in Brisbane, you know, move there, find find accommodation, do everything within a week, um, which is kind of tough. Um, And I think given how talented he is and how special he is, signing for um, one of the the Broncos feeder teams now in the, the Queensland Cup, I think, you know, might be the better opportunity for the following year to get a top 30 contract anyway, which is what he'd be looking at after a, another full NRL preseason. Yep. So it's not... It's not do you think no. he's got a better... Do you think he has a, do you think he's got a better chance of usurping um, Reese than, than he does of usurping Dane Laurie or Charlie Staines, perhaps? <laughs> well, that was the problem. He, he was looking at a top 30 deal there at the Tigers and they signed Staines, the, the Forbes Ferrari, as they call him, um, to be to be the backup, so he, uh, yeah, so that that kind of changed everything. So yeah, it's it's hard to say, and you know we we have decisions to make. So um, yeah, that that that's that's also something we have to contemplate. 
um, is, very is that quickly. something that you find you have to do a, a lot in talking to these kids that it's well let's let's weigh up the the immediate versus the long term yeah that's right 100 percent um you know i guess if you'd never had an nrl preseason and never been amongst some top 30 guys slogging it out every day and you know, the gym, on the field, and things like that, I think he would jump at the opportunity. But the fact that he already has means that he doesn't have to take a short-term yeah. sort of opportunity amongst a bunch of NRL guys as opposed to he can look at the bigger picture. Yeah, and, and let's be frank, you know, it, the the Tigers have have two young players they've signed to play fullback. There are definitely other clubs with thinner fullback stocks that, that if he's as good as you say, would have a better opportunity, so... Um, how, how does he feel knowing that, you know, being the best fullback in the Queensland Cup, just because of the quality of the competition, you know, probably makes him the 16th best fullback if you include all the uh, the New South Wales teams? Yeah, that's that's right. There's some other really quality fullbacks out there. So, yeah. and there's a lot of people looking for similar deals, and a lot of people would, which have English passports that can just go play in the Super League as well, which he doesn't have. So, yeah, yeah. okay. So that, that sort of limits his options and makes kind of the NRL the yep. number one shot for him. Yeah, um, okay. But, but as opposed to my top end guys, um, signing a lot of the, from the bottom end from, you know, 15 years old and growing into the women's space has been fantastic. Um, got a lot of, um, you know, fathers of, proud fathers, I should say, reaching out about their daughters and signing more and more girls and trying to grow it in that space as that game grows, you know, yep. both financially and talent-wise. If you know, if you watch the NLW every year, it gets so much better. So it'll be interesting seeing it grow and grow. And as the NRL is turning over a big profit, as they say, you know, putting more money into the women's game and growing that um, for the next generation, I think it's something that I'm very, very proud to be a part of and want to ha- want to see that grow as well. Yep, beautiful. Cool. Okay, so let's get to some of the questions we've got here. Let me go through. And um, Jordan. And this is uh, fairly timely considering that uh, I guess the, the open season is going to start in a couple of days. But uh, Jordan asks, how, many, how often do clubs reach out for contract agreements before transfer deadlines? Yeah, so the transfer deadline is 1 November. Um, so 1 November 2022, which is coming up in three or four days, is when you can negotiate for 2024. So a lot of clubs try and lock that in and they, as in with their players that they currently have that they want to extend, they, the rules are that you could, you have first right to try and extend them before that deadline day. So a lot of clubs do reach out before 1 November because from 1 November it's feeding season. Now, there's a lot of clubs and a lot of managers that ignore the 1 November and you see them uh, trying to push their players to certain clubs such as Redcliffe well before their contracts is, are due. But at the end of the day, that just gives them, I guess it bumps up their value on the open market. So there are rules, but, uh, you know, they're loosely followed by some yeah and is that the case is that the is that the club side of thing or is that the is that managers sort of seeding that that those possibilities out there to give them more leverage over their existing club and try and bump up the asking price and that sort of thing exactly well it's all leverage um and if you played by the rules you wouldn't have that leverage in the initial contract discussions because you'd have to wait but no one really well not no one but a lot of people don't follow that rule to try and get the immediate money and the immediate extension to try to bluff their way out because I, I don't even know what the penalty is. You just get like you just get reprimanded or what what happens because if you got reprimanded, then there'd be a lot of clubs in a lot of lot of trouble short term. So, but then 
what what do the rules cover though? Is do the rules cover you know official approaches from from club employees to managers? Like how how do you stop at the moment? You got the the Kangaroos team traveling. Now I don't. Know, are there any of those players that are off contract this year? Not that I can think of. Probably yeah, and you got you know, and you, you've got, yes, and you've got seniors over yeah. there meeting people and. Yeah, Sheenius is over there. Like, there are a pair of people over there, like, yeah. sussing guys out. That's it. So, you know, if you've got, like, yeah, the, the, at the moment, Munster and Cleary are rooming together. Um, you know, let, let's say, you know, Munster's off contract, which, which you know, he was um, up yeah. until the storm re-signed him. But if he'd have gone, you know, outside of, of signing with him then, and you've got Nathan in his ear talking about, oh, we've got this and the centre of excellence and ba da and you know, come fucking up. sick of Jerome yeah that's it yeah. <laughs> I'm sick of his bullshit so, is that considered an approach player to player no I mean players get in each other's ears all the time but if someone like you know Tim Sheens who is a, at the moment a kind of a general manager type of position yeah. similar to Gus Gould then yes that would definitely be tampering um, yeah. in which has severe penalties in other sports, such as in the US. But in, in the NRL, what's the penalty? Are they going to pay a fine? Well, a lot of clubs in the green, they can take your fine if it means being able to try and attract world-class talent straight away, for sure. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Yeah, and I mean, like, if you just think about it, when's the, who's, who's the last, what's the last club that got penalised? Or when was the last incident of, of player tampering that led to, you know, like, punishment? I believe the Warriors um, threatened to try and get Redcliffe in trouble. Um, I think that was over the dealing of Reese Walsh, but that was just a threat, and no one actually put yeah. forward anything. So yeah, that's it. yeah. I, like, I can't, I can't, I can't think of a time ever, in at least certainly in recent history, where where something happened, it was discovered or it was whatever, and then ultimately punished. I, I, can't, I can't even. I can't think of a single example ever. No, the only time front officers have ever gotten in trouble was salary cap stuff. Um, no one talks about any yes. tampering and things like that. But, um, yeah, to, to make my point, Munster technically couldn't have spoken to any other clubs until 1 November, which hasn't even happened yet. But we obviously saw 101 articles about all sorts of clubs. That... West Tigers making a big play yeah, for him. It. Wayne wanting him. Congrats yeah, in yeah, advance yeah. to them as well. Yeah, and, I mean, there's probably, like, there's probably a... a, a portion of that that is also just the media saying these clubs have money under their salary cap available mm. this player is coming off contract well, yeah. so perhaps we know how the, the fuck has joined the dots the, just to steal the, the point well, we, we know, we know how the media yeah. it's the same thing every every time a coach gets the sack the, the article is the next day that these are the front runners for the coaching job and all it is is every first grade coach that doesn't have a club at the moment and all it is is <laughs> yeah, Anthony Seabold exactly. yeah. yeah or mostly <laughs> the, the Mostly the coaches that are that have friends in the media, because like for example, yeah, like Flano, Flano's a classic one for it. Yeah, I mean he hasn't he hasn't. I mean, there's been what probably half a dozen head coach or like four or five head coach jobs open up yep. over the last couple of years. Yep, he's been his name's come up every single time. Yeah, and he's not got any of them. Yeah. So, well, yeah, whether he's even gone for them or not, who knows? Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, I, I'm sure I'm sure he wants to fucking be head coach again, but yeah, he's gonna have to do his time. I don't know if I was him, I would have waited till my kid got a contract. Maybe that was the thing. Maybe <laughs> if that was up in the air, he could have fucking followed him. I wouldn't have signed anyway. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. Now, uh, where are we? The next one. <laughs> so, like, uh, answer, answer as you will from Jason. He said, uh, how famous does a client have to be for you to consider hiding a dead hooker for them? <laughs> I'd probably do that for most of the Twill hosts and some of my, my other good friends. Um, but probably not players who I have like a kind of client relationship with. Although that we do have confidentiality, so maybe it would be the perfect person to hide, hide a body for. So <laughs> I don't know. Maybe up into Wimbledon, where no one would look get, for them. Do you get your players to give you like a give you like a dollar, and you're also retained as their as their legal counsel? Oh, that, that's just giving fun. you this giving you this double whammy of fucking <laughs> confidentiality <laughs> and immunity from. <laughs> that's always part of the pitch though i said like yeah you know i'll give you all my my legal expertise and <laughs> what that extends to is uh <laughs> that's, that's like how you know when just just before apple releases a new model they slow down the processes on the you know, kill the battery life on the old models <laughs> you, you just start delivering dead hookers to your players front doorsteps <laughs> like, <laughs> like, oh, what is this how did this get here <laughs> However, will you get rid of this and who will cover it up for you? I hope no one finds out about this. <laughs> I mean, given, given, your, given your, your, uh, your unique unique set of qualifications, though, in the space, I mean, it is quite astounding that you haven't picked up a, you know, a Matthew Lodge or a Dylan Walker or you know, one of these types <laughs> and got them, got them on the books. Oh, I think I probably could, but, you know, given that I can't, there's such... Such rules against as we like we're tampering with clubs. There's tampering with players. Like the player has to actually not be managed for me to even speak with them. So I couldn't give that right. sort of pitch unless they were a free agent. And yeah. it, it's tougher to get wind of people becoming free agents. So look, I think if I did bring that that sort of thing forward, then they might. But also, I don't want that sort of person in my life ever. So you know, hitting me up for <laughs> <laughs> need, need a bail application in three hours time because he was arrested at five a.m. and you know, he's facing court at eight. Could I suggest to you that if, if you don't want to deal with criminals, you've made two rather poor career choices? <laughs> <laughs> literally, the t- literally the two worst ones, with the, percep- with the possible exception of actually you know, being, being like being a, a criminal. prison guard. <laughs> being like being in the bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so so we've, we've established that, you know... Uh, a player can talk to another player and and you know you as a manager might might leak let's say you got someone that wants to go to a certain club or wants to go here um, might say that oh look in the past I've expressed desires for this 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 and this is it then plausible for you to put out to your clientele that there's a like a, a referral signing bonus that if anyone approaches you based on them that that uh, you know you'll you'll swing a, a percent of the first year of that person's contract to them. Oh, you, there would be nothing stopping you from doing that, and that might well exist. Um, look, there, there are a lot of clubs that really feed certain managers, and you look at a lot of their rosters, and a lot there's a large percentage signed by one certain management here and there because I guess they'd be in tune with all the opportunities. So that would yeah. be a cheap way to do it in a way you couldn't police it. But at the end of the day, can you name on your hand five players that you'd trust with such such a a task of trying to lure someone else on a percentage they'd fuck it up and it it all end in tears yeah true 
Yeah, there'd be all sorts of bonuses There's only one man I'd trust with, with the job. Fucking Jakey. Can you imagine if you're going, look, mate, you should come over. It's a, it's like, it's really nice. Like, I mean, if you've ever been to a club, that's like just, it's just really nice. It'd and just like, make me so proud. It'd make me so <laughs> proud to see you come along and, you know. And like, and, and like and you came, if, you, if, you, if you were training and, play, and playing every week with us, I mean, it'd, just be, it'd, just, it'd, be so, it'd be so nice. <laughs> i tell you what, that nice, that nice act's working with the boys overseas. So you see the photo from Angus Crichton? Yeah. Where he did a, where he did a sequence where, like, they're all standing there with, uh, uh, I think it was Fox and Crichton and someone else, I can't remember who it was, with Jake. And he's and he's got his like he's, he's just like got his hands in fists and the other and they're all doing the thumbs up thing and you got Fox like pulling Jake's thumb up like you know saying <laughs> you know <laughs> like they had to force him to do it <laughs> but uh, yeah yeah exactly my everyone point. loves Jakey now next one um, okay so uh, this is this is one that had come up in various forms quite a lot I think um, from Jared who says. Uh, to some, a player's contract is not worth a thing because players transfer quite regularly. Simply, is a contract meaningless and can it be broken when a player feels like it? It can only be broken when a player feels like it because the club doesn't enforce it. If the club turned around and said, no, we're going to make you sit sit on the bench or sit in Reggie's or do whatever, but you're going to stay the entire term and that's up to us, we're going to keep paying you, we're going to take the cap hit, then the contract would be worth what it's printed on. However, clubs see it commercially and they go, actually, I don't want this player around given that they're going to be cancerous to the club environment and we have to pay them, which means that we can't put allocate those funds elsewhere on the salary cap. So, yes, they're, they're, they're perceived as not being worth what they're printed on because they're not enforced. And a lot of the time when one party wants to break it, the other party will agree to do it. So there's a mutual termination and both parties move on. So... Yeah, there's a roundabout way of saying that at, uh, technically at the moment they're not, but some club could make them worth what what they're printed on. They just haven't. Mm. It, if, if you but look yeah, at all the conditions to do it are quite yeah, negative. Yeah. Well, Pasco said that about Papali, and he said, "Yeah, I'll, I'll sit him on the you know, on the bench for years, and then you know Papali all of a sudden is down with the farm and wants to sing that, Kumbaya." My my thing yeah. is though, I'm I'm still convinced that that if the NRL wanted that to stop, they have the mechanisms to do it. As in, all it would take is that for a club could submit for a salary cap exception, they would still need to pay the player. They would need to pay them their full due wage, but they would just apply for a salary cap exception and say, this player has asked for a release from the club, so we're not going to play him in our NRL squad, um, but he will play reserve grade for the, the remainder of his contract. And if the NRL said, yes, we will give you their salary cap exemption, there goes all the incentives for clubs to buckle to players. 100%. Yep. Yeah. It's the greatest thing you've ever said. And could you life. imagine the RLPA jumping up and down about player well-being and player welfare and, uh, you know, X, Y, Z, misses. Yeah. But again, it's your player's request. Yeah, that, that, that is true. Um, but then, And they're getting the full contract and they're getting all the money as they, well. They're I mean, getting all the money. I mean... All so they're no, not getting is their nothing's actually changing. Grade. Nothing's actually changing in the contract. They're saying because of whatever factor it may be, we're not playing them in our first grade squad, and they're oh, seeking an you. exemption from the NRL on the salary cap. Nothing else. Nothing's changing in the agreement between them. But the reason I reckon the NRL won't do that is, you know, if a Cameron Munster, like if one of the premier players, chucks a tanty 
they don't want somebody who is, you know, potentially revenue generating in jersey sales or, or whatever it may be to be put in Reggie's for two years. No, that, that's, that's and, it. And therein lies the trouble. It's the product. And, you know, sport, sport needs money to work. That's the unfortunate reality. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, like, uh, into the, you know, if you look at a different we'd, we'd sport, we'd forget about him. We'd forget him about him. <laughs> <laughs> we we'd roll over and go to sleep and wake up the next day and into a world without you know your example, Cameron Munster, and uh, we would forget all about him, just like we did with fucking Israel Folau and one hundred percent, and and, ev- and everyone else. But the perception is, oh, we need to protect our superstars. You know, it's exactly yeah, the yeah. same mentality that they bought in the whole. Well, hang on, um, the charges in the final series will be handled differently than charges in the regular season. That's yeah. right. If you look at, like, say, any sport, like in the NBA, like, you know, Giannis, they, they'd make special rules to make sure Giannis could get what he wanted. Um, if you look at the NFL, you know, a few years ago, same with Tom Brady, things like that. They'll always have a way of making sure that the, the product's going to be what it is so it keeps, as you said, generating revenue. So even though there's there could be the things that the NRL would do to be club-friendly, I... Given that the NRL is propping up some of the clubs and things like that for a while, there, I, I just don't think that they would do something that would yeah, uh, that's it. ruin the, the quality of the product. Yep. And that example that you that you made, um, Jay, would is would never happen as never be as likely to happen as it is today, because that's exactly the sort of shit that Vlandis does. Yeah, just on a whim. <laughs> exactly. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. Like don't like five him. years ago or ten years ago, they would have just said. Yeah. Fuck him, like. Yeah. But Vlandis would be like, "Oh no, for the fans, this cannot stand. This one player situation. Let's change the entire fucking rules." That's it. Because uh, you know, for the fans. Um, right. Okay. So let's go on to another one. Um, uh, Steve's question about the mutual option. That's that's exact. That's pretty much exactly what you were just talking about. Then, I mean, he says with the mutual option on contracts, do these work well or attract problems? Well, they'll attract problems in the sense that it's hard to get two parties to agree that it's a fair contract because if you look at every contract, eventually it'll either look team-friendly or it'll look player-friendly. So it's pretty tough to find a scenario where the, the player and the club go, you know what, we're both happy with this because you're either signed for unders or overs and it's we. it'd be quite strange for you to be to, to be saying, unless you're at a, you know, you play, you take an unders to play for the Panthers and you want to stick around or something like that and win some premierships. It'd be weird to say actually this is a really fair deal and both parties want to continue. Yeah. All right. Um, Stuart said, "Would you advise?" And this is and this is similar. Yeah, this goes towards your example earlier. But would you advise an up and coming player against signing for the Tigers? <laughs> I think. I think. I Very think. Very topical. You, you, you didn't necessarily answer this question because you're because the example you had you had there, there were lots of things to weigh up on both sides of the equation and you know and it makes a lot of sense you know, either way he goes I mean there are, there are attractions depending on who he thinks he can get over the top of in terms of playing fullback for the first grade side but um that's right it all depends on the position it depends on the depth chart it depends on who you are versus who's in front of you um, it also depends on how young you are and things like that because the tigers do have a a great system of bringing up junior talent. So if you're a young up-and-comer, I would would definitely encourage signing at a club like that because they're competitive every year in all of the junior grades leading up to the NRL. Um, 
I don't know if that was the only option too. If that's your only NRL option, then you should strongly consider if you never had an NRL contract because at the end of the day, you might get injured or you might your form might be only temporary, and then after a long off season, you you never what you were and you never get another NRL opportunity. So it all depends. Um, I, yeah, it all, it all really depends. Look, I think could you get yep. paid slide overs at the Tigers? Probably that that'd be good too. You know, compared to to other clubs. So yeah. That's where I sit on that. Yep. Yep. Okay. Uh, John says, uh, who decides on when NRL scouts come to view juniors for a potential scholarship and does club footy take a back seat from school footy? Well, school footy is where all the scouts go because a lot of those players aren't signed to NRL systems or they are signed and they're coming out of a deal, things like that. So, Yes, a lot of player managers, scouts, um, you know, team coaches, things like that, they do go to the school footy um, and they do approach kids and their families and kind of offer them from there. So I don't know if you guys have ever been to Queensland school boys games, but it, the big crowds there and yes, there's families and teachers and things like that, but a lot of them are scouts and a lot of them, especially particularly you know, with Queensland, a lot of them are unsigned and do get picked up, whereas a lot of the New South Wales ones are already signed per se you know you'll, you'll get your, like your patrician brothers schools and it's basically the panthers juniors crossed with a few bulldogs and eels juniors already and they're already all scouted yeah. and in systems yeah. as given queensland don't quite do you know you don't get signed to an nrl club per se you get signed to a queensland cup and its affiliate even though they are a direct affiliate of an nrl club but potentially you might be picked up by the north devils or ipswich jets as opposed to when you're down in Sydney and you've got the Panthers coming for you. You know what yeah. I mean? It's, it's similar. Yeah. You're in a junior rep program, but it's not NRL branded a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah. With your scale, I mean, I know I've, I know from like, you know, your Insta and stuff, I mean, you're actually physically at games a lot. I mean, is that a, how 100% of your scouting is done or do you actually, do you use anybody or does anyone do any of the legwork for you or it's just strictly everything you do yourself? I get a lot of my players referring their friends and I get a lot of, players dads referring talents they've they've seen and a lot, lot of things like that so <laughs> yeah i wasn't calling out glenn directly there but uh i was gonna say that sounds a lot like glenn. <laughs> i was gonna say what, wow. once once you've set up once you've set up your infrastructure i i, I need some sort of like product code or something against those clients as a blakely <laughs> like, yeah but look look i mean like people you know you know you guys you two particularly you love to shit on Glennie, but let's just step back for a minute. There has been times when he's told me about a kid running around in touch or in junior in, in Toowoomba that's going to be the next halfback for the Broncos. And I mean, that kid's in the fucking system, Glennie. Correct. He's in the system. So like, you're not, you're not wrong, mate. You're not, he's fucking in the system. I know. He knows. He so, knows. So, so, so I'm just, so like, yeah, maybe sometimes, I mean, because Glennie had that kid scouted fucking years ago. He was like fucking eleven, <laughs> and and so like if you need like a long range, you want to pick out some. And you sent me the screenshot some... of that player signing his Broncos deal. So Glenny, the Oracle, he knew. <laughs> yeah, he, is. he, he really is. <laughs> and yeah. uh, just saying, just saying, the uh, the son of uh, my mate that I was telling you about, I'll uh, I'll fill you in on some further details off air because. You've got some inside running there, my friend, and 
you uh, that is probably going to work out okay for you, I reckon. Sounds good. Is that so the one? Is take, that the one? All, take all your shit talk. <laughs> is that the one where I kept thinking it was a man but it was a woman or the other way around? No, you thought it was a woman. Oh, but it was a man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay. but it was a man. Yeah, it was a fucking boy named Sue scenario, so... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so tell me, when, when you're at these games, because, you know, like in all, all the sports movies and the stuff you see, like the high school or the college kids, they're like, oh, you know, there's a there's a scout in the crowd tonight. There's a, this is this. Or there's, there's a, a talent rep in the in the crowd. It's that cunt in the terrible shirt there <laughs> in row six. <laughs> like, do you do you get to like pace the sidelines and you've got the clipboard and you're writing shit down and stuff like that, or do you have to sit in the seats with everyone else? Yeah, no, you, you take off the masturbation trench coat um, and <laughs> nah, um, not really. I usually actually um, get on board with the parents and uh, like I'll kind of just talk to them and I'll I'll point out. They'll point out who their kid is, and I'll be like, "Oh, do you know who the parents of that other kid are?" And then, um, <laughs> in a nice way, like, no, it's not the first thing I say, but then you know, eventually, I'll, I'll figure out who I need to talk to, who I want to talk to. I'll talk to the coach, and the coach will kind of introduce me as the, you know, to, to the player, or at least to the parents as well, and do it from there. But like, I'm not one to just approach kids. You know what I mean? Like, I want to talk to the parents. I want to talk to someone who's responsible for said kids. Um, uh, but a lot of the time I also know who I'm going to watch. Like I've done my research. I'm like, this play is going to be number seven next week for the, the Canberra Raiders under 17 side. And I'm going there to watch him specifically. So there's a, yeah. not a lot of it. I'm not just rocking up and, and being like, Oh, I hope I've seen some talent. Like a lot of it I've done, done the yeah. work in. I've talked to other people and I've said, yeah, this is who I'm after. Yeah, beautiful. So what about you going to watch that certain kid and the kid has a, you know, man in the match, you know, lays on three tries, all his line breaks, the rest of it. Um, what are your criteria? What are you looking for? Are you looking at just are you looking just at his talent or do you have to sit down and actually spend some time with him and realise they're not a fuckwit? Yeah, I've got a big no fuckwits rule and it's um, ruled out of yeah. signing a few people who are talented in, in the time and it's also led to me dropping a few people that I'd signed in the first first while. Um, Do you actually say that? Sorry, you've, you're in breach of my no fuckheads rule. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm going to have to let you go. I, I let them down easy when I'm dumping them, but like <laughs> if, if I haven't signed them already, then they, they might cop a bit more harsh criticism. But you know, they, they have to have the hard work um, as well as the talent and they have to have a bit more drive. Then I don't know, I just rock up and magic happens. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? Um, then also, I like I like guys that have things going on outside of football as well because I think the ones that, you know, they're telling me they're going to repeat school to try and get another crack um, or, you know, they, they don't want to go work or anything. It's football or nothing. They're the ones that are a bit of a worry because there's so much pressure on them. Whereas the ones that have other ambitions yeah. and things like that, they're, they're ones I attract as well because they understand how the world works as well and that they might not get their crack at their dream. Um, yeah. So, you know, and being on the tools... I don't know how early trade starts. Is it Glenn? Is it what time are you up? Ten AM. Right. <laughs> what's your What's your workday? Ten to three. Um, yeah. Whatever. However long. Yeah. However long they're on the tools. Um, you know well, that. I tell you them. what. Whenever Whenever I ring his fucking mobile phone, someone else in the office answers it. So I don't know if he's even there. You didn't. You, didn't, you rang the landline. You fucking moron. <laughs> no, I didn't. Yes, you did. No. Yes, you did. No. The landline rang, and it was answered by my colleague. 
business partner and your fucking newest, biggest fan. Which is quite frustrating for us. But we're going, we're going off track. Yeah, all, all I meant was when they're, they're busting their ass on the tours or, you know, they're starting and things like that, it makes them really want that dream more as opposed to someone that's just doing extras at the Oval all day waiting for training, things like that. Yeah. Yep, yep. Um, here's a good one from Trotters. said, uh, what's your take on an agent like Braith also having a prominent role in the media? Do you feel like it's a massive conflict of interest? Oh, yeah, it's a big massive... Like, it's a massive conflict of interest because at the end of the day, those guys on Fox and Channel 9, they create a lot of what the journalists take and, and the written media and they create all the headlines. So they can really spin a narrative yep. to suit themselves, um, which can be really self-fulfilling. Now, someone like Braith, he doesn't manage a lot of players, but, you know, he's got a handful of really talented players, um, a lot of them halfbacks, you know, with your Lachlan Ilias and your your Cam Munsters and things like that. Um, So having him just talk about how fantastic they are and how they're going to have 10-year careers and whatnot, it it does help him and it's very, yeah, self. it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy that, you know, he'll only benefit from, so... Uh, it, it is a massive yep. conflict of interest, um, particularly because player managers can't have any association with any clubs, and that goes from all the way from park football to the NRL. So the fact that you could be signed with in the media and spinning the narrative doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but it is technically not outside the rules. Yeah. Am I remembering correctly? Like, was was, was Braith in your, in your intake? Yeah, I believe Braith was in my intake. Um Gus Gould was meant to be, but then didn't show up to orientation and didn't go ahead with it. Um, yep. I had a couple of ex-players in there, like your Matt Rogers and things like that as well. So like, mine was an interesting orientation day. It wasn't bad. Yeah. Because of COVID, Matt it's Rogers all virtual. Again, well, that, like you, you've got the you know your angle that you go go with like you know I'm a lawyer as well, and like Matt Rogers is like you know I'm a I'm a black diamond in Amway. I'll fucking uh, yeah, I'll sort you up. At, I'll, I'll I'll sort you up at the you know as, as a fucking I don't know what I can't know what their terms are, but I'll I'll set you up at the bottom of my trapezoid. <laughs> I tell you, I can do two things really well for you: washing powder and autism. <laughs> so, uh, signed with outrageous. Oh, yes. Now, um, I got one. Next one here is from from Ned, and it does it kind of crosses over some of you know some of the areas that we've spoken about um, with re- regards to the player contracts being meaningless and so on. But um, a part of his question though that, that is still probably relevant is, um, how do you maximise the, the the potential that a player honours their contract? Do you do anything? I guess is probably a, a, the the first question. At the end of the day, if you're seen as someone who's not going to fulfill contracts and he's not going to, yeah, stick out all his obligations, then I guess you, you're you less attractive to other suitors moving forward who might only want to sign you for a short-term deal. If you you say things like, oh, I'm, I'm homesick in Queensland, but I'm going to go sign you know, for New Zealand or somewhere that's also not your home. And it, I guess it all depends on, on what narrative you spin as to why you want to get out of a contract. But at the end of the day, yeah. I would never advise someone to sign for a certain period of time if they didn't feel like they were going to fulfill those that time at the club. Or, I mean, obviously, circumstances change. You might get dropped and out of favour, and that's why you'd want to change. But if the club's still playing you at the NRL level, and uh, I think that you should fulfill all of it. 
um, which which is kind of my stance. But uh, spe- speaking of Nettie, uh, Nettie's actually coming down to stay at my house on Saturday. Uh, so really, yeah, I'm gonna gonna he's gonna be sleeping out the back with my golden retriever Jasper, but I've I've That's let him into <laughs> I've let him in let him into the the pig pen over here, and we'll see how he goes. <laughs> What what I like about right. that what I like about that is though it's like you know this is someone who you know I've listened to his podcast in which um which Glennie came on which was fantastic hearing the origins of Glennie and how disturbing and dark that was uh, but <laughs> hearing just like someone as part of a culture which is Twill Nation uh, and you know I'm having in my house we'll probably get on like a house on fire because we do on we're good internet's friends um it also it's also something that was an unintended consequence or. Not consequence, sorry, unintended thing that I didn't actually think about with Strive because a lot of my Strive guys, they, they sort of know each other or, or they've heard of each other and they all add each other and they all start becoming friends and then all of a sudden we have a community uh, to the point where two people who signed for the Storms Juniors, one 21s, one 19s, without me knowing, they've messaged each other and they now have got a house together through strive and you know, through their relationship through strive and they're they're going to be living together and trying to make it down there together from queensland so there's yeah. lots of things like that which i never intended i'm sure you guys never intended to build such a, a community maybe you did and you sickos but you know that that's that's something i've thought about well, it's been Nate's beautiful. always been the pied piper of fuckheads so we always knew that he was going to develop a following that's just his thing that's what he does it's kind of branched out and there's some actual normal people that have got on board too which is great yeah i'm not talking about ned but um yeah it's that's that's great so is that what do you call it the strive hive Strive Nation, just like I haven't thought of a, a community office. name because, as I said, I didn't expect it to ever happen like this. Which yeah. is something it makes sense that it happened. It's just something that on day one I didn't expect that I signed so many talented players and they'd all become friends. And sometimes they meet up when they're on the piss and they send me send me photos together. When I'm like, oh, I'm glad that's a disappearing image because I don't want to fucking look at that. <laughs> I don't want to look at that moving forward. <laughs> th- things like that. I'm like, oh, this is fantastic. I've created a little community. Any, uh, We're staying alive with strife. What is it? Any <laughs> any any bags of uh, anti-inflammatory medication? <laughs> <laughs> Why do you have laundry powder in a baggie in your pocket? How do you all have hay fever at the same time? Glad you're taking responsibility <laughs> for keeping your kit clean. <laughs> <laughs> On, uh, on our Discord, the loaded juggler said, uh, so when the players fuck up and do some embarrassing ass shit, what is the role of the agent in damage control, crisis and reputation rebuilding? What does, it, what does or should the agent do first? And what are some good examples of what an agent has done in the past? Well, it's all a PR exercise and it's, you can either choose to get ahead of the story and come up with a credible explanation as to why you're in a compromising position of sorts or you know, a photo or a video or you've been arrested, there's a story. You can either choose to get ahead of it, um, you can either choose to show remorse, or you can either choose to ignore it or go the legal route. Now, someone like myself who is a practicing lawyer, you know, I could give off-the-cuff legal advice and things like that to to try and help them uh, come up with an explanation, or otherwise it's coming up with a yeah believable story that both makes sense and is hopefully true. Um, 
Yeah. I was going to say, where's the truth come into this? Hypothetical. Is this how Hypo- you ended up with a forehead like that? Is you're constantly switching between agent and lawyer hats? You just <laughs> create so much friction. I cannot believe so, that so, someone so that so looks you... like you hits me up about my fucking looks. And Stanley Tucci with say, AIDS uh, over there. Uh, uh. <laughs> so, so like, yeah, hypothetical speaking, like you're, I don't know, like, let's say you're managing um, Dylan Napper and his video WhatsApp's come out or whatever and he's, you know, finger blasting his, his own ass and shadow boxing and stuff. Like, <laughs> what do you do in that case? I'd forgotten about that. No, I was about to say, the mental health card can't just be come out because that doesn't make any sense, especially with, you know, no. boxing form like that. Um what, what I guess, yeah, that, that's one I guess you'd have to just show remorse for um, and come out and explain, I don't know, substance issues potentially. Otherwise, that's probably, now I think about it and I've had a bit of time, I think that's one you just wouldn't answer and you'd say, let's wait for the next yeah. incident to come and this will all blow over. Is there a world in which you would go and approach, say, a... Uh, a prostate cancer charity and ask for sponsorship? <laughs> if you were an opportunistic fellow, then I suppose. Uh, yeah, look, I, my brain doesn't work that way, but I'm glad yours does, son. Well, you know, I mean, it's, it's a, the, the perfect ad campaign for them, you know, to get, get it done by a professional. <laughs> You're a marketing genius. Oh. See, see, this is this is this is, this is what happens. The, the, the strive hive comes together. And, you know, it's it's uh, it's stronger than the sum of its parts. <laughs> when there's a working bee in the strive hive, this is the honey that comes out. It's so good. I mean, you could say this is a teaser for like the OnlyFans content that's about to be released, and then just never release it and hope no one follows up. <laughs> <laughs> you'd, you'd have a, a, a long list of sickos emailing you going, hey, where's his OnlyFans content? We've signed up and everything. Mainly Ned. <laughs> oh, um, where are we? Um, here's one from uh, Timmy. He said, if you get paid on the percentage of a contract and the player leaves or the contract is terminated early, does your percentage stay the same? What clauses do you put in place to ensure you get paid your dues? You get paid a percentage of any valid and binding NRL contract. If that NRL co- contract is torn up or terminated for whatever reason, you get 0% of... Oh, so you get 100% of 0 or 0% of 100. So whichever way you look at it, you're not getting any more money. Um, a lot of the time, the contract's terminated, as we discussed earlier, mutually, and you've got another gig. But if it's for something like behaviour um, or... Yeah, some other some other reason where you don't have a contract to go to, then yeah, the manager's also got zero dollars, and they're desperately calling every club in the entire world trying to find you a, a new contract. Yeah, um, this one comes from Dan. Said, would an unscrupulous agent convince a club to pull a storm to get slash keep a player, i.e., have an official figure registered to the NRL but pay overs illegally? I think that would be more the club that would be trying to push the illegal payment and the agent accepting a cash payment as opposed to the agent going, okay, you've reached your hard cap. What can you do outside of that in terms of dodgy cash payments? 
Um, so I, I think it would be more the club that would approach the, the manager, but I, I don't know. They, it might already happen. There might already be managers doing such things. So I couldn't tell you. I'm not one of those unscrupulous yep. agents. Yep. Um, and here's one that came in after the last time we did the episode as well um, from Lassie. He said, uh, with TPAs, are there limitations to the types of sponsors um, despite them being legal? For example, gambling entities or other adults com- adult companies? Yeah, so it's TPAs, if they're directly affiliated with the NRL or with the particular club in question, or I think even any other club, then you couldn't have that as a TPA. So, for instance, uh, take the the Rabbitohs. They've got the MG car dealership as their main sponsors. That means they couldn't just all of a sudden turn around and give a third-party agreement to a Rabbitohs player. It has to be uh, completely independent, um, such as, you know, say if Glennie's... MI Diggers Company wanted to get on board with one of the Tigers players. Um, I don't think he has any affiliation with the league, so he could do that. Um, but set, firstly, it has to be signed off with the Does club. long-suffering member count as affiliation? Well, if he's a, <laughs> if he's a financial member, then yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so you have to get it with TPAs. The approval process is you have to get it approved by the club. You have to get it approved by the NRL. Um, and then it's kind of determined whether it will account to the salary cap or whether it's completely separate and it's more of an endorsement type deal. Right. Do, do you think the days of the thoroughbreds are gone just because of now everyone relies so heavily on mobile phones or is it encrypted messaging apps and um, you know disappearing messages and stuff like that means that it still goes on in places? Well, legit, like just face-to-face literal brown paper bag work. Nothing would stop all the, the brown paper bag work, but I think you're right with the boom of technology and everything that is you know, cyber security or lack thereof in terms of some of the data breaches, I think there would be less of it. Um, you know, it depends who's running the encrypted app. It's like the, you know, how the police sold the encrypted app to all the bikies and then the bikies all got done on set app with thousands of messages. It all depends on how much you trust, <laughs> how much you trust such encrypted uh stuff but yeah i'm sure a lot of it still happens and in the latest budget they've uh put a lot of money into trying to get all the tax avoiders um like one particular podcast host which we we won't name we'll let let other people guess that has a booming company in the mi with has overseas offshore dealings um so yeah okay (laughs) (laughs) oh man that face is fucking amazing (laughs) (laughs) Guys, you guys are breaking up. I'm just going to have to jump off the call real quick. <laughs> I got a call coming from Malaysia, do you? <laughs> no, actually, uh. Canberra. Yes, yes, just my other line. Uh, that's uh, right. very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the, the, the change that's come over to in the last 25 seconds. Look, there's certain secrets that shouldn't be revealed, and I don't know how they work. <laughs> He's going to have oh, to that, dig that, up that, a bunker okay. around his perimeter soon. It's the, it's the off-season off hap- now. This Glenn. is what no happens when Jay rings my office thinking he's ringing my mobile. <laughs> <laughs> Shit goes pear-shaped really quickly. Now, um, do you boys have any other questions that you would like to ask? I can't remember what you asked on the first uh edition of this one? I have one, and it may seem obvious, but 
when you're initiating a negotiation or or a player's position in the market for for a new contract, whether it's with his existing club or, or other clubs, um, and he has an overinflated view of his contract potential, who who sets the tone as far as what you go to the clubs with? Like, if he says I'm worth seven fifty, and you're going, can't you're lucky to get two hundred? Right? Do you look like a complete fuckhead and go in there ask them at seven fifty and and cop the wrath of the the people you're trying to negotiate with, or do you try and let those guys down easy? Well, I think and you don't have... tell me that don't tell me that players have an, 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 a solid understanding of their position in the in the universe, let alone their their contract values in the NRL. <laughs> no, you're right. Obviously, every one of their players' perceptions is that they are worth probably a lot more than they are because that you have to have that killer mentality to be a professional athlete. So I understand all of that. Uh, at the end of the day, you could give advice and say, look, I think we're going to get laughed out of the room or I think they're just going to turn around and say no immediately. Um, you can give you advice as to how much you think they should be going for. But at the end of the day, I act on their instructions. And now there's 17 teams. If we if they want, we want to use one as a crash test dummy and go with a stupid figure to them. Um, if that's the way they're going to have to learn, then that's the way that they'd have to mm. learn. Um, because at least you're not going to a room full of them and saying this is how much we want, and they're all leaving together. You know, you can. There's a process of elimination where you could have have one club in which you saw that would, would be the most likely to pay overs, and you could go to them first straight up. Um, at the end of the day, they could turn around and be like, "We think he's worth X amount," so that could actually really yeah. help when you discuss um, going to your next clubs. But I know, in saying all of that, um, I'm in the process currently now of doing my first contract extension with um, Saliva Havili. Uh, obviously, he, uh, I've met with the Rabbitohs officials um, and uh, we're trying to negotiate a longer-term deal. Uh, the money's coming closer together, um, but he, he's one of those players that at 1 November, he is free to discuss 2024, and uh, obviously the club's, club's aware of that. Um, but yeah, obviously, you know, still contracted for 2023, so he's not going anywhere. Rabbitohs fans and he wants to stay at the club but yeah we're just in the process of negotiating that and then we can get really the yardstick for what he's worth in the open market if we don't come to a deal soon when you do a contract with the Rabbitohs is one of the requirements um, that the player has to follow 30 odd foot of grunt on Spotify (laughs) no it's MySpace (laughs) (laughs) do they have to be able to recite gladiator word for word (laughs) i wish i was dealing with which which self-respecting nrl player couldn't though (laughs) i mean come on (laughs) do they have to keep a straight face when rusty tells them that he's never made a sex tape with a burgess mother (laughs) (laughs) even though they've seen it already (sighs) wow did you have any questions? Mate, I do. I remember this one from last week and just how much it fucking floored me. Um, but I, I asked you how much you had to do with the RLPA, um, which, which gave me some new information I, I didn't know. So let's, let's kick it off, please. Tell, tell us about your involvement um, with the RLPA and pay appointments uh, and the, the corresponding association. Yeah, so we got this strange email from the Rugby League Player Agents Association. So that's confusing. It's RLPAA, 
versus what you're talking about is the Players Association, which is RLPA. Anyway, the yep. player agents uh, came to us and said, well, the players during the time of COVID agreed to take less money because when uh, the NRL was back in the green, they'd, the, the payments would be deferred and you'd get it later. Now, the RLPA has come out with the position that the money in which they're going to get paid later, which is part of NRL contracts, no cut of that should go to the player manager because of player well-being. And it's like, wait, and the, the player agent association is saying, wait, hold up. This is money that we ordinarily would have been entitled to. But the RLPA is saying that because it was deferred and paid later, that it should go all to the player and not to the player manager who negotiated said contract. Fuck. So, again, just to say this, so they, they've gone, the NRL has gone back and gone. So because of COVID, we essentially can't fulfill our contractual obligations to our sponsors. So the revenue we're going to receive during COVID is lessened. Right? Can't provide the games. Channel 9 is not going to pay for advertising during games that aren't there. That means we can't pay money that we normally would have to the players. So you're going to need to take a haircut on that. Understandably, the player goes, well, hey, manager, agent, I'm not making 200K. I'm making whatever the fuck it is, 150, 120, whatever the fucking number is. Um, so your, your percentage is now based on this revised figure. You didn't negotiate that figure, by the way. The contract that you negotiated is still enforced. You know, that, that's still a current contract. Um, I've accepted this, and so you take a haircut. And you would assume that every fucking manager was absolutely fine with that because they understood the gravity of the situation and it was a global pandemic. Fucking, yeah, yada, yada, yada. Part of the taking the haircut was, don't worry, it's not permanent. We will make you whole in the future for this change to your contract. So we will reverse the change to the contract. And now they're saying that you don't get your clip of that. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you the RLPA. <laughs> what a fucking international cunt circus. Yeah, and, and what, what's, made, what's made things also very difficult about trying to negotiate contracts moving forward is that the, the RLPA are leaking certain amounts in which the salary cap could be going up to. And I think there's about a $700,000 swing on both sides of... You know, like ten point eight million to eleven point five million, which new numbers keep getting reported. So clubs don't know what the fuck to do in terms of trying to push for new contracts at this stage before anything gets announced, because there's been all these uh, these leaks from people in the RLPA being like, "No, nah, it's it's eleven point five. Actually, it's eleven, or is eleven point two, or is it ten point eight? And it's like, "Well, fuck, fuck, I don't know. You tell us." Yeah, absolutely fucking ridiculous. What? But just with regards to the players taking that haircut during COVID, they've been, they have now been made whole. That's that's all gone. That's actually happened now. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And, uh, and 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 your and your percentage, as per your agents' agreements, was not made whole. Well, at the moment, yeah, it remains untouched. Uh, sorry, yeah. untouched for me. Right. That is. Um, and look, at the end so, of the day, it's for me. So, I how understand. does that improve their welfare? Is that just? You know, more money, less problems. Well, again, they get they're getting X percent more money, right? Yeah, <laughs> more money, more more problems because then you got a yeah. you know the player agent oh, being like, hey, what's going on? Yeah. What are you guys like your Braiths and like your Moses and your you know your Tartax and what what are they saying about that? Because I mean, obviously, they have far more first graders on their books and lucrative contract having first graders at that 
where their percentage equals significantly yeah. larger amounts of money. The consensus is, I'm not sure of each individual manager, although the Rugby League Players Association is made up of a lot of the bigger ones, so the, a lot of the more tenured ones anyway, um, and they're all saying that they should dip in um, some money to try and essentially fight this legally, at least in the interim, to try and, you know, not scare them, but at least show that they mean business, and then if they have to continue it, they have to continue it. Essentially, well, yeah. this, this is my second association red flag. Surely, the point of that association is to accrue money for legal fees for these things. Like, it gets paid dues every year, you would assume, by everyone that's a member. What are you doing? Yeah. Are you running an actual not for profit? Your only goal at the end of the year is for a big old fucking zero? Where have all the fucking dues gone from the last. How long has it been established? The player agents? Ten, ten, ten years? The, no, the player agents association. I think it's been yeah, it's twelve to fifteen years, I believe. It's been cool. it used to just be the Wild West, and so now there's been accredited and an actual scheme for yeah, about twelve years, I think. So how 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 many years have they fought major court cases? None. <laughs> Zero. So why why are we not fucking accruing for the potential of that? <laughs> oh, that rainy day money. <laughs> <laughs> Put it all in crypto, Every other, brother. <laughs> everything else in in regards to the NRL has a war chest. And they've got nothing. <laughs> that is a fucking good point. I hadn't thought of that. They're literally out there fucking selling the Freddo Frogs for a dollar. Yeah. That's, <laughs> their legal that's, right, that's right. They're like the, tw- the 20 new agents that get, get come through every time. They're like, hey, guys, we got want to chuck in some funds for some litigation to show you a real player manager. <laughs> yeah. All right, boys. Any other questions from the man? Or can we let him get on with his life for another year? We certainly can. No, I've uh, always enjoyed the banter with uh, with the great man. So uh, thank you very much for coming on again, mate. You have been absolutely delightful this week. week in a row. You've been delightful this week, Glenn. You're right, mate. He's turned a corner, or you know, <laughs> no. he was like he was really he was really fucking surly last week, and so it's been it's been a blessing. This week but, uh, has been. This week has actually been harder, but I think I'm just a little bit numb today. Just broken. Just, yeah. Well, the character. It's obviously, obviously, you, you, the the significant building of character that took place over this last hard seven yeah. days for you, Glenny. It's really, it's really showing, and I'm and I'm I'm really proud of the way you're conducting yourself this week. Oh, thanks, mate. When you compare and contrast it, just to balance it out. When you compare and contrast it with a the silly little bitch that was just <laughs> slam, slamming Michael nonstop from fucking start to finish. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I get, I get most of our our individual agendas, and I must say that they're they're generally always fucking warranted. Thank you, I but, appreciate you saying that. But I don't get this one. I don't get it. The one I don't get is the, the forehead one, man. It's like we're all looking at each other's foreheads right now, and you and you know you'd be looking at the bottom right screen of Glenny to be like, you know, he's 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 the favourite in the in the sweepstakes. Like it isn't fucking me. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I mean, I, I said I've said I've said you. I mean, Glenny, Glenny's forehead starts at like it's, it starts at his eyebrows like everyone's, but then it finishes at the bottom of his neck. Yeah. <laughs> Some would say it finishes at the top of my ass. I don't know. It's like, it's like a 270 degree forehead. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Anyway, thank you. Thank you, sir. As always, uh, it's uh, tremendous having you on. Um, 
to this what's now become like a yearly tradition and it's great watching everything grow and and uh you know just you can just chart the course from the day that yeah <laughs> the day you're the, the drunken little monkey at fucking <laughs> at El Loco I fucking love now. it I love it the, the the pain point was you had your tickets to the grand final stolen so you've set yourself on a path where you won't actually need tickets to go to the grand final you'll just get let in with any players you've got that are playing in the game with, with my pass yeah exactly that, yeah. that's as, that's as, that's like you know tracing Donald Trump back to Obama making fun of him at that fucking <laughs> dinner eight years ago and all of a sudden he set himself on a pass oh, I just re- I just remember hopelessly looking up at Nate at El Loco and being like, dude, I was RSA'd, it's 11am. Nate's like, you, you got to go, bro. Because <laughs> it wasn't only you're cut off, they were like, you have to leave the premises. I was like, holy shit, I haven't actually done anything. But like, I'd started... Yeah, and I was trying, I, and, I was, and, I, and I tried the, the, you know, like, you know, how about he has waters yeah. route? But like, you, you, yeah, you got pretty bad pretty fast. Because I mean, I got, because I got RSA'd that same day about two o'clock. But wasn't wasn't and, uh, that around? I swear that was around the time that Sydney went absolutely stupid with RSA. No, we deserve. No, we deserved it. No, no. But I, I remember there in was. In hindsight, I could say that we probably deserved like, it. I was, but, <laughs> I was <laughs> down in Sydney for yeah. something, and there was like for for five minutes every hour, or for ten minutes every two hours, all of the bar staff literally had to step away from the the serving counter and stick their arms up in the air. It was this weird fucking thing where they they like couldn't serve anyone for a certain amount of time out of every hour. Ah, oh, for fuck's sake! Oh like, Jesus! Yeah, fucking spun me out. Fast forward to a month ago. I don't remember ago. that, but I mean, like, you know, what would I know? I was RSA back then. Fast forward to a month ago, and you know, certain people were fucking laying on the floor with their head in a trough. <laughs> <laughs> it was so awkward after like having all my shit stolen, and then. I flagged down a cab and I called a cab back to my mate's house because they were all going to the grand final. Anyway, I get in the cab and I get to the destination. I'm like, fuck, bro, I can't pay you. I'm like, I don't have anything. Like, it just dawned on me. I was like, holy shit, I don't have any of my stuff. And the guy was like, you're fucking kidding. And I, like, turned out all my pockets and he was like, get out of my cab, you sad fuck. And I was like, all right. <laughs> and then I went to go, go, like, knock on my mate's door, knock on my mate's door. And he lived off Parramatta Road in, like, an apartment thing. And then no one's answering. So I went around the back to like in the alleyway and I went on knocking on their back door. Nothing. Anyway, I ended up having another nap, like basically at his back door. And I wake up to this, this, this voice going, he's dead. He's dead. And I was like, who's dead? <laughs> and it's my, my other mate and his girlfriend looking over me. And I was like, oh, I'm dead. No, I'm not dead. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> And this is why you should name. sign with Strive. <laughs> I've been in the gutter. Drink and drive with Strive. <laughs> but yeah, no, a lot of harsh lessons are learned that man, time. This, this, let, this is a man that's been there before. Let me, let me be there. your free cab ride to the NRL. <laughs> make, people, make people question if you're alive with Strive. <laughs> Yeah, that, oh, then I had tremendous. my resurrection. I went on the straight and narrow, boys, so it was all good. <laughs> well done. Love it. Shout out to the Strive Hive. And, uh, and I forgot the last the last episode, I was giving a shout out to Cruzy's kid, uh, Tyler, who, you know, we first met, like, he was a kid. 
you know, like Cruzy's bringing him to meetups and shit, like 2015 grand final. Buying him $30 kid. milkshakes at fucking Broncos Buying him $30 games. milkshakes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, he, uh, he played uh, on, on uh, Saturday or Sunday. I think it was Saturday. I ended up watching the game. They were live streaming it, streaming it um, uh, under 16 for uh, the Filipino side uh, against uh, Malta. Um, they got fucking pumped. I can't remember what the final score was. They, they hung in there for a while, but it was shitty, like shitty conditions, pissing down rain and everything. And these uh, Filipino kids uh, didn't have the benefit of the Malta, the Maltese kids where they'd kind of played together and knew each other. And the Filipino kids just met each other at the captain's run the night before where they got their jerseys. Yeah. And, uh, and look, you know, being realistic, they probably played a little bit like they'd just met each other as well. I mean, in terms of combinations and stuff. But, I mean, such a great fucking thing, though, to play for, like, a team of your heritage and everything in under-16s. That, that is wonderful, know. though, because the Philippines should be used to, to coming second in stuff. Like, you know, Manny Pacquiao, <laughs> loser. Absolute fucking loser. I mean, I don't know if you could say he's an absolute loser. Jesus I mean, the man, the man had a very, a very long, successful. Motherfucker, you want to talk about career. weird agendas? <laughs> no, he, just, he, he won politically, crew. man. <laughs> Why? Have you been to the Philippines? My agenda makes perfect sense. Please, Jolly Bee, Jolly Bee's the bomb, yo. What's 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 for breakfast? Oh, a fucking rancid, decaying bird egg. Thank you. Oh, fucking baby duck. Yeah. Have my, my eggs chirpy side up, thanks. <laughs> I saw the photos from Cruzy's Facebook. His son's a big boy now. Big boy. Yeah. If I had to choose a Tekken fighter out of your kids, man, I'd be picking him for sure. Yeah. 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 It was bun bashes. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, he's a big boy. Yeah. That's right, I'm, I'm glad that, um, obviously, you know, we all love rugby league, and Cruzy's a big fan he gets involved with his local junior club there and it's great that his son is also just as passionate and following that passion so yeah i really commend him very yep. nice yep exactly all right fellas let's wrap this one up thanks Fuck again yeah. michael how good two uh, success stories cruzy junior yeah. and strive <laughs> Fucking love it. how good how good and uh on that note, fellas, we'll and wrap Jay's up. Jay's recording is, uh, file, hopefully. <laughs> I, I tell you, like Jay, Jay did drop out momentarily on the, on the video on my end, and that's what happened last time. And I was just like, "Oh fuck, it's not." Yeah, he's exactly. still he's this still is... a black square on on yeah, my side. Yeah, yeah, he's still a black square. On I don't yours, hate yeah. it. I don't hate it. It's a fucking and like upgrade. He, and he dropped out. He dropped out last time too. I mean, except he's, he, the square disappeared entirely, so you know he was yeah. off the call. I was like, this oh, time well, that's that interesting. Square. How do you get Skype to show your soul instead of your face? <laughs> <laughs> you gotta, you gotta get you gotta get one of those new, those new flash fucking cameras, mate. <laughs> they're that's on the it. they're on the new they're on the new MacBooks. I'm using my I'm using my Christ book. <laughs> Good times. Uh, all right, fellas. Um, that's it for episode 498, etc., uh, etc. Et uh, join the Patreon. Episodes are going to keep going all through the off season there for the members. And uh, patreon.com forward slash twillnation. Twillies are coming. We've got the yes. category sorted, we've got the nominations ready. Nice. Hey, did you get that form sorted I did, out? I, well, I got, sorry, I got the form. It's not sorted out yet, but yeah. I have it here, so it's on, can, can, on my can, to-do can you, can you edit it, though? You got the you got the ability? I have received the email. I haven't voted oh, okay. on anything. I feel, Am right. I behind, or has nothing been there to vote? Uh, it was. Um, we put it in the Discord for uh, patrons to help narrowing down the selection. So this isn't the actual yeah. awards that are done. Yeah, the actual, the actual voting will commence over the next day the, or so. The I'd voting imagine. will commence. Uh, and you have at least a week to probably vote it, vote them, and then we'll uh, we'll run the Twilly episode. Mate, I'll like tell you what, next week probably. You, you need to start campaigning heavily for your fucking boys because 
how good would it be for the first time ever to have a live Twilly recipient <laughs> come through and <laughs> might have to make an actual fucking trophy. I'd love new, that. New, 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 uh, new, new category, uh, yeah, uh, agent of the year. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, love it. All right, boys. Good all show. Right. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, talk to you all next time. Later. See ya. See ya. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.